0: Yay.
1: I think I went early that time. <laughs> yeah, of course
0: you did.
2: Eh, all good. While I'm thinking about it, I need to pull up the uh, Wikipedia for the game real quick. Uh, Behind the scenes: Dragon, a game about a dragon.
0: Dragon, dragon, game about a dragon, dragon ball Z. This is where the magic happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But as far as magic goes, it's like that trick where you pretend you pull your thumb off. It's not all that magical.
2: Oh, uh, You were asking me about the Ease 2 episode, and when I listened to it, um, that was... So, before I started using Streamlabs, I just had regular-ass OBS. Oh! And that's what made it... I don't know, it would always sound really weird when we did it through that. There's a few episodes that'll probably sound like that.
0: Yeah, because th- just that one in particular, I noticed when I was driving, like, because I just listened to um, the little Dragon Quest one most recently, and then I listened to that one, and it was like, oh, it sounds. I don't know, you just sounded, like, quieter and less uh, less full. Usually your voice has a nice, like, bassy sound to it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's it it no telling. I, <laughs> I couldn't figure out OBS. Uh, Streamlabs is a little easier for me.
1: Streamlabs is way easier. So that's, I downloaded OBS when I was going to first start streaming, and I was like, this makes no sense. I switched over to Streamlabs and everything was so much easier. Wait, yeah. yeah. not
0: only do yeah. slobs make all the widget stuff easy too, but like everyone already uses slobs now, so it's so easy to find people that know what to do when you don't know what to do, you know?
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Cause I wanna say wasn't didn't you talk to Dave and Grim a lot when you were getting started streaming Nate and both of them Yeah, like, I did. Both of them like were really good with slobs because they never started used using it.
2: Yeah, a lot of the streamers that I know use slobs as well. Uh hyperpixie, uh she heals I tank. Like, all of those guys. so
1: Just a lot easier to deal with. Like, it's so simple just to go in there and create your scenes and switch between them through Streamlabs. I I, I don't remember what it was like for OBS now because it's been yeah. several months, but, yeah. I really appreciate
0: how much Streamlabs OBS just... It makes it so easy to get, like, your chat widget and all your little widgets working, your donation one and all that.
1: Yeah, just, like, it's so easy to set up all my notifications and stuff. And, yeah, you know, I had to figure out some of the stuff because there was some difficulty in, like making customizations to like my like different reports like not reports but like alerts where I get like host notification or like a bit notification okay, so you could put Ryu and stuff to in there change all the images and stuff and but once I did it wasn't that difficult
0: what are all your images I know you got Ryu for hosts right what are the other ones I don't have Ryu for anything I thought, do you have Ryu Hayabusa for one of them oh
1: Ryu Hayabusa is for a I don't remember what they all are I think his is for a follow okay Uh then I think I have Billy Lee for bits. Okay. Um, Donkey Kong for hosts. I saw
2: somebody...
0: I, I definitely remember seeing those guys, yeah. I
2: saw somebody dressed yeah. as Ryu Hayabusa in Final Fantasy XIV last night.
0: Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Speaking of Ryu Hayabusa, what do you guys think? Odds on the new Smash character? We're going to find out in, like, tomorrow... Or two days, right?
2: I heard something about uh, it being the Doom guy. I so the
0: one, What I've heard about the Doom guy is someone posted, like, a joke trailer thing for Doom guy, and it actually got copyright claimed directly by Nintendo or something very similar to that where it's like it almost seemed like a real leak to them which uh I'm not going to keep my hopes too high because obviously that is my most wanted character and I just got my most wanted character in Brahala so like nice uh, I'm not going to hold out for too much hope I'm yeah. still I'm still saying it's just going to be a massive disappointment like I'm expecting it to be like i don't know like a mario character or a pokemon something really obvious and that doesn't add much no when i say mario character waluigi's still on the table maybe we should save this for the e3 part of the episode
2: oh we could fix that hey everybody you're listening to the steam machine podcast and uh
0: what about the music <laughs>
2: Maybe I'll just do a, bo- a bonus. We'll through the Patreon stuff on the main feed. Cause <laughs> this this is good chat. So, I, I'm not I'm not a big person with Smash. Like I don't even own it, but I love to play it whenever I do. Um, you guys both have it. Like, who would you, who do you want? Like, obviously, you said you want Doom Guy, but uh, I like genuinely want
1: Ryu Hayabusa yeah, more I'm- than anybody else. But my money is on Crash Bandicoot and a Pokemon Silver, not Silver, (laughs) Pokemon Sword or Shield Pokemon for the final two DLC slots. I I think those are just the two most logical ones to assume.
0: I really do think Crash Bandicoot or Toxtricity or uh, Waluigi are very likely.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Crash would be cool. Uh, I think
1: Spyro could be cool too. Spyro also, yeah. Um, that'd be good, but I just don't think he's as relevant as Crash is at this point, especially with the insane trilogy and Crash Four. And yeah. I'm sure that whenever they announce that Crash Four is gonna come to Switch, that'd be the great time to announce him for Smash
0: Brothers. Oh absolutely.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: What story we actually in the episode now? Or are you joking?
2: No, I wasn't joking. Oh shoot. I wasn't I'll, I wasn't joking. I'll figure it out in post. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um So, as far as, like, so, before we get to the the trailers that we watched together, uh, E3, like, what have y'all kind of taken from it so far? Uh, I've only seen stuff from the Bethesda, Microsoft thing, and, like, maybe a couple other things here and there. So, I'm interested in, like, what you guys have seen, because I've been asleep all day. (laughs)
1: The bad thing is I didn't really pay any attention to E3. The last thing that I really watched anything of was, like, the Ubisoft reveal thing from Saturday. So, I didn't really see any of the E3 stuff yet.
0: Yeah, we both synced up and watched the Ubisoft one together cuz we wanted to, we knew there was going to be a Brawlhalla announcement and also like Ubisoft has enough stuff that they make that's like we were hoping to see something cool like low key kind of hoping Rayman would be in there for one thing.
2: Yeah. Well,
0: but like uh there was some pretty cool stuff. I mean, it looks like they've really changed the way they promote Rocksmith now. Where it started off almost like this is a guitar hero, but it teaches you a real guitar, and now they're treating it completely as an educational like software that like is for learning guitar. Or there's community things on it and all that. And honest to God, like I hadn't thought about Rocksmith in a long time, but seeing that trailer for Rocksmith, made me think I I could actually see myself like buying and using that all the time.
2: Yeah, I've thought about getting Rocksmith before. I've got the guitar. The upcoming,
0: what's called Plus, right? Rocksmith Plus, does that sound right? Uh,
2: I don't know. Like, Nate, do you know?
1: I mean, close enough, right? Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah
2: pretty much, that's what I was thinking. Um, as far as Ubisoft, I think the only thing that uh, I haven't watched yet, they dropped a new trailer for Far Cry 6.
0: Yeah. 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 And, oh, man, Nate, you t- you talk about John Carlo because he was great. In that. Oh,
1: yeah, man. Because, like, I know you're probably, from, like, I'm not familiar with the Far Cry series as a whole, like I've never played a Far Cry game, and I, so I don't know if he was like in any of them before or not, but the actor that played um, Gus from Breaking Bad appears in it, Giancarlo Esposito, and he just plays does such a good job of playing a chilling villain in anything he does, and this was no exception, the trailer is like, holy crap, this guy's intense, insane, and scary as hell, which is definitely the you know what they were going for but he just plays it so damn well yeah yeah
0: so he's like the like dictator of a like latin american country and he shows up on this boat full of refugees and then oh it just it, it's really like chilling was the word for sure nate
2: yeah man. i remember when the when the first trailer dropped for so no he's never been in any of the other far Cry's. like he is a new character for this new game um but judging by past far cry villains uh I am looking forward to seeing what he does with it, um, because oh, yeah. it's it's going to be ridiculous. And that guy was so good in Breaking Bad. Um,
0: and oh, go ahead.
2: I was just going to say, but the, the first trailer that they dropped, like I said, I'll, I'll have to watch this second trailer. Um, I had heard y'all mention you watched the Ubisoft thing, so I didn't make you watch it again. Um, but man, the uh, the hold on. Oh, sorry, my computer was just telling me that Dave is live on. Twitch, which is weird, because he's, he's been <laughs> yeah. live on Twitch for a while. So, hi, Dave.
0: Um, hi, hey, Toss stones.
2: Shout out, Tadbog. Tyler and Dave play old games. Those guys rule. Um, but the, the first trailer uh, for Far Cry 6, when it came out, man, was just wild, because it's that guy talking to his son or a little kid, you know what I mean? And he, t- mm. he takes him out on top of this building, and they're looking out over this, like, uprising trying to come and get into the place that he they are and he's basically explaining to the kid that you have to keep a grip on people because if you don't keep a grip on people uh they'll start to turn against you and and it's it he goes on it's way more uh eclectic and better than i am trying to reconvey it (laughs) trust me um but it ends with him holding a grenade oh i know what it was he said that uh, ruling over the people is like a grenade. He said, if the pin gets pulled, as long as you keep a firm grasp on it, uh, nothing will happen. But if you were to let go, it would all blow up. So then he ends up putting this grenade in this kid's hands. And the kid's are holding it and he tells them something and then he just, like, tells them to drop it. So the kid's holding it and you see his hands kind of open up like they're about to let go of the grenade and then the trailer ended. But... It's just this like four or five minute dialogue that is so just, oh man, it made me so excited for the game. I was like, I can't wait to put a bullet in that motherfucker. (laughs)
0: <laughs> for, for sure. The trailer we watched was, again, it was almost, it was just, it was the Giancarlo Esposito, is that right, Nate? Yeah, that's it. It was just the Giancarlo Esposito show. He was incredibly chilling in the dialogue, and the sun does show up again, and they had another thing where they were talking about, like, the history of villains in the Far Cry series. Like, I don't play Far Cry, so I can't tell you much about it, but it looks like they got some kind of DLC crossover where, like, the villains from the other games and Blood Dragon are going to be some somehow featured in, in this game. I, I don't quite get it. Like, uh, hmm. again, I haven't played it, but they, like, definitely had this thing where they were showing all the different villains. You know, have I, I ever told you the definition of insanity? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's probably Voss from 3. Yeah, yeah. That crazy motherfucker. Yeah, so uh, I don't remember much about 1 and 2, Um, but I can tell you that 3 was Voss as the main villain. Um, 4 was Pagan Min, hmm. uh, who was, like... So
0: that name showed up for sure. And
2: then 5 was Joseph Seed. And yeah,
0: because the trailer did this thing where it was like, you are Voss. you are Pagan, and again, I haven't played the Far Cry game, so I don't know what that means, but it's it looked really intense and cool.
2: I wonder if it'll be like a, a mode where you play as the villains. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's what they were going That, for. that would be interesting. Um, I, I personally, I really look forward to doing Far Cry 5 for the show at some point. Um, mm. It'll probably be after I uh, get you this graphics card and stuff, because it's, it's a pretty <laughs> graphics-intensive game, but like, uh, it's about a crazy religious, like, Christian cult that has taken over an area in Montana.
0: Oh, okay, I did hear and about this.
2: dude, what a fucking... I haven't beat it, but, it, like, what a fucking ride, the stuff I've played. Like, some people didn't like it, and, like, you know, I, I understand that. it's Far Cry, it's not for everybody, but, man, I really... And
0: I remember that it. release being controversial, too. Like, people were mad. They was like, how dare they portray us like this? And it's like, well...
2: It's like well, cause I'm
0: not saying anything, but <laughs> stop being creepy cults and yeah, go <laughs> stop looking like creepy cults. It's like
2: please go watch the movie The Sacrament and come back to me because that shit's based on real real life. <laughs> uh, it is wild. So, um, but we did we did watch some trailers. Um, well, before we get that, was there anything else in the Ubisoft? Uh,
0: oh, uh, yeah, there was one thing that I found really striking, because I've I'm never been a big Rainbow Six guy either, but my understanding of Rainbow Six is it's this highly tactical, squad-based shooter that's, like, very realistic and all that, and the first game they showed was Rainbow Six versus Alien Zombies, and I was extremely not into that. Like, it, it just, apparently it's an offshoot of a popular mode from the last game, Rainbow Six Siege, there was a mode called, I think, uh, Outbreak or something, but... Um, I don't know, it seems weird for them to take, like, to go from a kind of realistic, semi-sci-fi, like, very military tactical shooter game to, like, all of a sudden it's, like, these Nazi special aliens. Yeah, and, like, even the aliens, like, when they showed, like, the types, of like, the type 2 aliens or whatever, I'm like, this just kind of comes like the special infected from, like, Left for Dead. Like, this does not... I, I haven't played Rainbow Six, but this doesn't feel like Rainbow Six. And I'd love if a Rainbow Six fan could tell me if this is what they wanted or not. Because I felt like getting mad on someone else's behalf.
2: I almost feel like that that's a cash grab to put money towards the next actual Rainbow Six game. But
0: they've been working on this for a couple years because it was even originally entitled Rainbow Six Quarantine, and they had to drop that name when we had a <laughs> real-life-ass quarantine. I wonder why. Oh, man. Uh, it's been under development for at least two years.
2: Well, I'll i uh, will keep an eye on it. I got some friends that are really, really into Rainbow Six Siege
0: like canvas them ask them if they want the whole game to be Outbreak or whatever it's called it just doesn't i don't know like it it feels weird for the series that has that reputation like even nate was talking like he was like i thought rainbow six was tom clancy this looks like some michael Crichton shit (laughs) and it's like that's pretty much what i was thinking too you know i I don't see why tom clancy's name is on like i
2: I love them both but they don't yeah they don't mix well like yeah not at all yeah, that's very strange to me. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't color me excited for that one. No.
1: Oh, they I'd also had like, this really. Other... Oh, ahead. Sorry. Yeah, please. I was going to say just move the conversation to the next thing that I thought was a pretty big announcement at the um, Ubisoft thing was they're actually making a sequel to the Mario and Rabbids game for the Switch.
2: No shit. Yeah, Yeah, which I knew that was a really big popular game
1: for a lot of people, kind of the tactical Mario game, so it looks like they're making a sequel, and the trailer was pretty cute and funny, the biggest thing was, to me, was how funny Rabid Luma looked.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Rabid Luma and Rabid Rosalina were the stars of that trailer to me, too. I will have to check that out,
2: I will have to give that a look, because I I never played the first one, but I heard great things about it, and I like tactical RPG-type games, so... Yeah, it's one of those things,
1: that's not my style of game, but it's one of those things that I'm happy exists, because in its own thing it looks really cute and fun, but it's just not my kind of game.
0: Also, props to the Rabbids for kind of marrying up when they started off with Rayman, and now they're shocked up with the Mustache Man himself, you know?
2: (laughs) Yeah, right, for sure. Move their way up in the world. No
0: offense, Rayman fans, your shit's cool too.
2: So, that brings me to what I know about and on what we uh we watched some of today and some of these that we didn't watch but that's okay because i'm still going to talk a little bit about them um the trailers that were revealed from the microsoft slash bethesda uh e3 and um one from square enix i still haven't checked out the rest of what square enix released but uh the first one i do want to bring up is Redfall. now i saw the trailer for this with you guys um Mm -hmm. I can't really tell you what it's about, other than it's got cults and vampires in it, and it looks pretty, but there was no actual gameplay. It was just a movie trailer.
1: Yeah, it was kind of confusing in that way. It didn't really give on a lot about it was. It seems like you're a group of young, kind of like post-college, but just barely kids, and you're fighting vampires, but there really wasn't a whole lot more to it than that. It was kind of a cuter animation style. It wasn't like a realistic game. Like, the characters kind of had that kind of like cutesy not really cutesy but you, you, you kind of get you one can see a pixar that.
0: movie kind of looking like that
2: yeah like a more mature pixar style yeah 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 maybe dreamworks <laughs> yeah something
0: <laughs> uh less smirking than dreamworks but yeah
2: but it gave me the vibe of like left for dead which almost doesn't make sense because they're also doing back for blood which is the spiritual successor to left for dead now i played in the alpha for that and it's same fucking awesome
0: Unfortunately, my laptop really hated that alpha, so I didn't get to play much. But I did get on that game with two friends and play it some. And um, I, I, if you like Left 4 Dead, this is more, better, bigger, badder Left 4 Dead. Like, it's great. Yeah. It, it really was a lot of fun.
2: But I'm, I'm still confused, though, because Redfall gave off that same vibe. But just instead of zombies, it was cultists and vampires. So maybe that's the thing. Maybe they're trying to cash in on two different fan bases with the same style of game. I guess we'll have to find yeah. out when more more is revealed. Because that was re- literally just the reveal trailer. So there was, like, no gameplay, no nothing. I don't even think there was a release yeah, date for re- Redfall. Summer... Uh,
0: no, I don't think so. The Redfall had, like... The trailer had very, like... Very personality-driven characters. So I could see where that's definitely where you would get, like... The Left 4 Dead vibes. And there's, like, obviously fodder zombies and... Imp- fodder vampires and, like, main talking scary vampires. So, like... It could just as easily be, like, a Left 4 Dead type game, and I don't know, I'd, I'd, I'd give it a try, but I want to know more about it first. Yeah,
2: yeah. it just says Summer 2022, so I'm sure we'll hear more between now and then.
0: The funny thing about Redfall, though, is, um, so, before the game uh, Redfall was announced today, like, everyone knew that they would copyrighted the name, and they thought it was, like, low-key the title for Elder Scrolls Six, which we still don't really know anything new about.
2: Yeah, and you know, when when that was a thing and people were talking about that cuz i do remember that being discussed discussed the redfall um
0: well, that makes sense cuz i feel like uh, there's a strong rumor that the next game is going to take place in hammerfell with the red guards and redfalls a great name for that
2: um uh, maybe i know i i don't know i think that they wouldn't go for an uh i think if they were going to do that they would probably call it hammerfell just probably based on considering, the naming yeah. conventions from the games before you know yeah um now, what'll be interesting though is I think Orsinium is up in that area too, in the map. Hmm. So uh, that would be interesting. It'd be interesting. Like, no news as far as I could see. No news on Elder Scrolls Six. No surprise there. Um,
0: that is a wild idea though to have a game that actually like really gets in depth with the orcs. Like I would actually be all about that because I feel like they're one of the less beloved mer races in the game.
2: Yeah, I I completely agree because. I, one of my first characters was an orc uh, way back in the day in Oblivion.
0: Oh, I appreciate people that play orcs and that play the, uh, the non-man, non-elf races. Like you know, Ar- Nate, Nate, didn't you play an Argonian for most of your Skyrim playthrough?
1: Yeah, so I've tried to get into Skyrim twice. First time I did it, I did it as an Argonian. Second time was an orc.
0: <laughs> Alright, keeping it green, man. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm a huge nerd, I made a Breton that looked like me and named him after me, but I named him Wilhelm because I thought that sounded more fantasy, and then there was an innkeeper named Wilhelm.
2: <laughs> I, uh, I always go Imperial.
1: I don't know why. I-, I just like feel like I play a human in real life every day, so when I get onto a video game, I'd like to be something different. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I felt so uncreative making my character, but I'm like, it's the same thing when you get scars and tattoos in your video game character creator. Like, I don't know what scars and tattoos this guy is going to have because I don't know what he's going to do yet, you know?
2: Yeah, that's why, like, my, my buddy Chris uh, from uh, Doki Doki Literature Club episode fame uh, told me that when he plays wrestling games that he'll start off with his character... Uh, no tattoos, nothing like that. And as he'll play, he'll go into created mode and be like, "All right, so he's probably earned enough money to get a sleeve now, so he'll put a sleeve on him huh. and stuff like that." I'm like, "Oh, that's pretty. That's pretty interesting. That's a good way to do it."
0: That's yeah. I actually yeah, really cool. appreciate that.
2: Yeah. So I've uh, I've started trying to trying to do that, but I end up just throwing a bunch of tattoos and a mask on my guy and calling it a day,
0: giving him a cool <laughs> Man, ass intro. Making yourself in making yourself in wrestling games is tough when you're a guy like me who is like about five foot nine, five foot ten, and at your Best physical shape for about 170 pounds because you put like a guy that actually looks like me next to the other wrestlers and he looks like a referee at best. No, <laughs> oh, You're just a cruiserweight man, come on. Yeah, but even I mean, like, okay, so I, I stand a little above Rey Mysterio maybe, but <laughs> I don't know. I feel like even Neville would like absolutely drop me in a fight.
2: I mean, I'm like, I don't know, six foot one and a half, six two, somewhere around in there, like, I don't know, at the 320 pounds. Like, I'm a big dude, and I still look small next to some of those dudes, trust me, because when I worked on the ring crew for wrestling, uh, some guys would come in, and you'd just be like, holy shit, you're big.
0: Yeah, but as, with your build, I could absolutely buy you as, like, a suplex machine type guy, you know?
2: Yeah, I guess I could give the old Kevin Owens, like, <laughs> go in there and brawl and th- throw <laughs> some shit. Uh,
0: I mean, hell, it works for Kevin Owens, he's great, he's... he's Yeah, I love... I love that guy, he's actually brilliant. I love KO, he's the man. Um, Honest to God, I think he is the best in-ring talker since Chris Jericho. Uh,
2: yeah, I won't argue that.
0: He just talks shit in such a perfect way.
2: I won't argue that. His promos are fire.
0: Mm. Uh,
2: so up next was Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl. This was the longest trailer we watched, but by far the most intriguing to me. Um, and the, probably the best looking, judged by because yeah. it actually showed some gameplay.
1: And like, uh, uh, overall, I'll say it's my second favorite trailer we watched, but for completely different reasons. But, yeah, it definitely looked like a pretty interesting time. Like I wasn't really familiar with the series at all beforehand, but it looked like it had a lot to offer. I,
0: I, I love the concept of the series. I've never played a game in it, but I love the idea of a series set in like a slightly fictionalized version of the uh, Chernobyl Exclusion Zone. Like, everything mutated and lonely and weird. Like, it looks really cool. I really hope we get a stalker game for the podcast soon.
2: It's fictionalized as far as we know. True, <laughs> true. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, you know, you know, there's no telling what they're they're keeping quiet over there. And, and as far as, Nate, what you said, uh, I do believe that uh, my favorite trailer is probably the same as yours, um, and yes, for completely different reasons. <laughs> but we, we will get there in the list. Um, this game looks sweet. Yeah, uh, I have all three of the original Stalker games. Uh, Shadow of Chernobyl, uh, Call of Pipriot, Uh, Pardon me if I can't pronounce that correctly. And there's one more. Clear Sky. sky. Yeah. Um, And I have all three of those. And this might even be one of the games that I just decided to shoehorn in uh, at one point. Just because I have the ability to do that. And if I really want to play something, if I get a real hankering, then I'm just going to shoehorn something in. Um, And... Yeah, I, I do know, I've heard it's, it's punishingly hard, um, I've also heard that there are a couple mods that make the original games easier to play these days as far as uh, just uh, updating, not really quality of life, but kind of updating the way things look, making things a little clearer, easier to read, that type of thing. Uh, cool cool so that could be cool to look today
0: into. I learned that Stalker is actually based on a novel and movie uh, there was a novel called Roadside Picnic by Arkady and Boris Strugatsky, and a film called Stalker by Andrei Tartovsky that were both in the uh, 70s made by Soviet people so like I guess we never would have got it in the US because I don't think they were exporting a lot of culture in the Soviet era so like it, the whole thing sounds really fascinating I really want to play these games like I'm not just like blowing smoke these are uh, this is a fascinating universe I want to explore
2: yeah for sure um russian dude there's some seriously out there russian games um that seem like oh excuse me seem like they would be a lot of fun like uh there's the stalker series and then if i remember right uh i think pathologic was made by russian developers and that game is another game that's just super fucking bleak RPG. There's
0: a weird melancholy that Russians can pull off so well in games. Like, even in the Doom community, like, uh, Alt is a famously russian, uh, Russian-made russian like, uh, Megawad, and that one is like, very well known for being like, stark, creepy, lonely, and uh, really out there, even by Doomwad standards.
2: Oh, I'll have to check that out. I'll have to check that out. Um, let's see what's next. Uh, Starfield. Uh, again, a trailer that showed not a ton, um, but looked
1: really pretty. I have nothing to say about this trailer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was all cinematics. It was no nothing even to hint at what the gameplay style was. All we know is it's about space exploration, but it seemed cool.
2: <laughs> the uh, I will read the first comment on the YouTube page for this. It says, uh, 11, 11 11 Skyrim. Well, now it's 11-11-22 is Starfield. And the next one says eleven eleven thirty three Elder Scrolls Six <laughs> like, Todd Son of a bitch, that would suck, but I honestly don't put it past it. Um so one tra-
0: First we gotta get Skyrim on the PlayStation Nine and the Nintendo Switch Plus Cube.
2: <laughs> Nintendo Switch Plus Cube X. They've crossed with Microsoft Bro. Bro. <laughs> uh the next one I had pulled up that we didn't watch was uh Death Stranding 2.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I never got the Death Stranding hype. I mean, obviously, yes. It's got Mads Mikkelsen uh, and Kojima and uh, Actually, the the guy from or Norman Reedus and all of those guys, and it seems like a dream team, but I no one has ever even been able to satisfactorily explain to me what the fuck it's about.
2: Well, well, for, well let me go ahead and say I'm clicking through this trailer right now. And this is not a game. This is fake. Because this is an episode from Love and Robots from Netflix. (laughs) It's just scenes from that. Okay, so that's bullshit. But uh, the first Death Stranding... uh, I own it. Haven't played it. Um, I've read about it. I've heard people talk about it. Still can't tell you what
0: it's about. My understanding is it's very much Kojima being Kojima. Like, even when you think of the most self-indulgent Metal Gear games, this one goes way above and beyond than that.
2: Yeah, and you know people give kojima a lot of shit but i like i really like the metal gear games a lot oh i'm saying this
0: with full respect and love for what kojima's done Uh, i think metal gear solid in in particular did a lot to advance the view of video games as an art form just by making them more movie-like and while i don't think that movie is the direction ideally games should go in i think people took them a lot more seriously seeing them succeed in a kind of movie-like way you know
2: oh yeah for sure uh, I rem-
0: like I respect the shit out of Kojima. He's very important. <laughs> I,
2: I remember. Th- <clears throat> oh, excuse me. I remember this uh, instance back in the day where I was me and my buddy were playing Metal Gear Four, and he beat the final boss. And we sat there and watched the cutscene for like 15-20 minutes. And we rolled a blunt, went outside, smoked it, came back in. Cutscene was still going. Still going. going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we sat there, and the cutscene kept going for another like I don't know half an hour <laughs> it was ridiculous
0: I mean that dude he loves him some cutscenes and he loves really stupid names Hot Coldman
2: <laughs> yes Hot, hot cold. Die
0: Hard Hardman
2: uh, so the, the next one I've got pulled up um, I think kind of I think we were all kind of mixed on it uh, Strangers of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin
0: uh, Nate you want to take this one
1: Yeah, okay, so it looks like it's kind of play on the original Final Fantasy because they're talking about chaos and even use the word named Garland in there, which Final Fantasy 1 I have a pretty big love for, just to begin with, it was one of the first RPGs I ever played through and I got kind of obsessed with it at one point where I just play it multiple times a week. (laughs) Yeah, I,
0: I know that at least when we were growing up you would no less than yearly play through the whole last game.
1: Yeah. So I love that game a lot, and then I was watching this trailer, and to me, it it was, it looked like it was a kind of a cross between Dark Souls slash Warriors, it's it's made by Koei Tecmo and Square Enix, and I don't know, man, it just did not look good or fun, and the amount of vocalization the main character did in punching something was just obnoxious. Die now! Yeah, I'm just you know like, I'm that not that into this was. at all, at all.
2: Yeah, it looked like a game that if I do play it, I will probably play it with the Japanese vocalization and subtitles.
0: It feels like... I'm scared that this is a full price game because this looks like a good $20 side quest game. Like I feel like that would be fair, but I just don't think... Imagine paying $60 or $70 for a game that's a retelling of a game in a genre that they don't do really... I don't know, has Square Enix... I mean, yeah, obviously, Koei does do uh, Warriors-type games, so they've got that whole action beat up feeling to them. But, like, this one felt, like, a little slower pace, a little closer to the Soulsy vibe to me, too, and uh, I, I just don't know if they have the resume, and nothing in the trailer made me think, man, this looks like it would feel really good to do. Mm-hmm. It was more like, now they're talking to the final boss, and uh, I don't know why they got there, and all the fighting looked kind of dumb.
2: Yeah, uh, I would pay... I could see this coming out for like forty bucks. I don't think I'd pay that, but I mean, you know, forty, fifty. But I bet, I bet it'll be seventy bucks, especially if it's coming out on PlayStation <laughs> Five. Um, but I, w- I will say that's one thing that I respected about the Stalker Two trailer is that all of it was in Russian with ca- with captions. Yeah. You know what I mean, so it kept that feeling. It would be weird if there were people in that area of the world speaking English. Uh, yeah, it, to me, it, at least, I thought that
0: just. And the acting, I thought, was really good in it, too. Like, the the main guy behind the campfire, I don't know, he really sold that trailer really well to me. Like, And I think, in part, it's because Russian is just... The way Russian feels, it's a very alien and cold-sounding language sometimes, and hearing somebody talk about this kind of stuff in that language, just, it really sells it in a way that I don't think a really literal English gloss could possibly do. Yeah.
2: And uh, going back to that again, just because, like... I I just I was blown away by how it looked like that game looks like if you were to slap some RTX uh, ray tracing on there that man might make my computer shit itself
0: (laughs) I remember when we got to the scene where there was like uh, the kind of electric lightning resonance going around that huge chain link fence and all you thought was even my graphics card is going to have problems with this one, huh?
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, man, it looked really good. But that just. That, That's a beautiful looking shot. That scene where he is walking out into that marsh mm. and that creature goes scurrying off and then just gets picked up by something that you can't see and just gets ripped apart. Just.
0: Yeah, it was like the laws of physics have been messed up by the whatever nuclear disaster this time. Like even chernobyl was weirder than chernobyl now it looks so crazy so cool so scary
2: yeah and i've been like in marshes like that you know around here in florida like there's a lot of like marshy land and stuff and just looking at that i was like fuck dude they did a good job at making that look and feel like it would you know what i mean like i can I, i can't imagine being in a you know, post-nuclear explosion type area, but like I can I can definitely imagine being in a swampy ass marsh, scary looking shit. Uh, but if what I'm used to would be replace that weird creature with like an alligator or a snake or something. So
0: or a nine-inch Miami cockroach. Yeah, <laughs> Why you guys have such big-ass roaches in Florida.
2: Man, because people just like to put out their blunts halfway. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the dalton <adult-nest> possible possible tra-
2: <laughs> uh, next two trailers I didn't watch with you guys but I'll catch them later um, was Diablo 2 Resurrected uh, which I'm just excited for because I love the Diablo series
0: I do wish you would have shown me that because I, I, again I only played Diablo 1 and only for a little bit but I can see why people invest like a thousand hours in that fucking game it is so it, it's it's like what idle games were before idle games existed like you click thing a bunch number goes up you feel good the dopamine center in your brain tells you big reward and you repeat the process yeah like <laughs> yeah. and I don't mean that in an insulting way I, I think it's actually really pure in its gameplay because it's not like they're selling you microtransactions along the way or anything like that it's just the game just it's hardwired to be like what if a skinner box wasn't used for evil
2: <laughs> yeah right Oh, man, I'm just clicking... Oh, Jesus, I started it. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, clicking through, it looks really good. It still looks like the same game, just prettier. That's
1: what you want.
2: Um, I will I'll pop this trailer in the chat later, and so you can check it out. Uh, the next one that's... So you said it's called Diablo 2
0: Resurrection. Is it like a remake of the original Diablo 2? Like what have, yeah. they, what have they done differently? Like it here? is a
2: complete uh, remake, remaster of Diablo 2 and its expansion, Lords of Destruction. Uh, Or Lord of Destruction, excuse me. Uh,
0: That's a bad name right there, man. Yeah, right.
2: (laughs) Um, But it just looks like they just took it and updated the look of it. Um, It doesn't look quite like Diablo 3, but yet it doesn't... uh Well, let me see some... Actually, it does kind of look like Diablo 3, but still almost 2D-esque looking. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to describe. But like they just—it looks like they just took it and made it a lot prettier. Um, because the old game, you know, it had aged quite a bit. Um,
0: well, like Nate said, that's what you want, man. Just get that good gameplay back, but like with modern feeling aesthetics. Yeah. Like that sounds great.
2: Absolutely. Uh, up next was Age of Empires four. So that'll be cool. Uh, RTS game. Uh, I haven't watched that trailer yet, but I do enjoy a good RTS. Uh,
0: I feel like just saying the name Age of Empires Four tells you everything you need to know. Like it's a 4X type game. You're gonna be, you know, exploring and conquering other civilizations. You know exactly what you're getting going into. it. Yeah,
2: for sure, for sure. Uh, I know I enjoyed my time with Total War, which I know is a little different, but mm. uh, so that that would be cool What's to check up? out
0: yeah i've been meaning to get into those kind of games like i really would like to have an excuse to play crusader Kings sometime that one looks really fun oh man i
2: fucked around with crusader kings 3 and i was like i'm gonna play this for an hour and played it for like no you're not eight eight hours (laughs) straight yeah uh psychonauts 2 the trailer finally dropped for that Uh, i've got a little soft spot in my heart for psychonauts i know we covered it on the show um so I'm I'm looking forward to this. Like I'm not super, super like fucking pumped or anything, but like I look forward to it.
0: Um, so Psychonauts Nate, you played Brutal Legend recently. That's by the same people as Psychonauts. What did you uh, think of that? You got any feedback on that one?
1: I mean I never played the Psychonauts game and I have a feeling just looking at it's a lot different than Brutal Legend is, but, <laughs> Yeah. Uh but yeah, it's both by double fine, but I liked Brutal Legend to a point, but it's one game I just never got around to finishing just because I got kind of frustrated with it because of the RTS elements, which weren't fun for me, which I don't think Psychonauts is.
0: No, Psychonauts is more of a platformer. I feel like you would really enjoy that. It seems like your kind of shit, like, it's not as collect y as, like, a lot of platformers, but it's very, uh, creative in the different universes because you're, like, going into people's heads and doing all that. Like, I own this game, someone bought it for me because they, like, you would love this game, and I'm like, Okay and I still haven't played it, so uh, <laughs> may- maybe we need to do a... Have, have you done a Psychonauts episode yet on this show?
2: Yes, I did, but I didn't beat it. Okay. And I think I kept it on the list, so to go back and I, to If you need it.
0: to do Psychonauts Part 2, man, that's, again, just like you know, Yakuza 0, just like a lot of games I've talked about on here. It's a game I'm looking for an excuse to play.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we could always revisit it later on, because I'm not 100% sure that me and Ryan did that game justice, so I'd have to go back and listen to it. There was, like a, there was like a point where uh, I was having a rough time. And I think the episodes kind of suffered around then. So I might, I might have been around that era. But it, in any case, uh, we could always go back to it eventually. Um, but yeah, it looks really good. Uh, it looks really pretty. Um, he finally makes it to Psychonaut Headquarters. So I'm interested to see where, see where they take it from there. Now, the final trailer that I want to talk about uh, is the one that I think probably made us all laugh the hardest. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was definitely the Outer Worlds too. Yep. Um, what a great marketing ploy!
1: I know we sit here complain about some of these other trailers that literally just didn't show us anything but some cinematics. And Then this trailer just decided to lean so hard into that it just showed <laughs> cinematics, but we're making fun of the fact that it was just showing cinematics the whole time. Yeah,
0: it was like just straight parodying the uh, stereotypical E3 trailer and then half the other E3 trailers were the thing it was making fun of so like okay so the conceit of the trailer if you haven't seen it is it, it does like the E3 trailer type thing but the whole time there's a narrator saying things like and now you see the main character but only from the back because they haven't finished the design Now they're going in slow motion for no reason. Here comes the blah sound, so you know this is important.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's, now we're going to pan over a big landscape, and you know our game is big and pretty because lens flare. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's just shit like that, and I was, dude, I was
1: cracking up over here. And I I can just imagine sitting there watching E3, watching them present all these trailers, and then suddenly this one that's just making fun of every single other trailer comes up. It just had to be so well-placed. It It's brilliant. <laughs> and and
2: that is 100% on-brand for the Outer Worlds. Like, I really enjoyed the first Outer Worlds game.
0: I mentioned that last time we were on the show, that yeah. your Outer Worlds episode was, like, maybe my favorite early episode because of the enthusiasm you guys brought to it. You guys clearly loved that game. Yeah,
2: it was really good. The, the first comment under this YouTube video, i got to bring it up, it just says... <laughs> Honest Trailers colon uh wait how are we gonna <laughs> cover this one
0: <laughs> shit that is very Honest Trailers energy actually now that I think about it.
2: but yeah it was short to the point dude a minute and 38 and it was one of the best trailers that I've seen from E3 like
0: I man while I've got Honest Trailers on the brain I just want to say anyone who's not watched their trailers for the Pokemon games they have a whole thing where they basically make fun of every single Pokemon in each generation and it's very amusing
2: I'll have to check that. Just, out. Just like
0: search for Honest Trailers Pokemon. Very good. I'll link you guys when we're done because uh, I remember laughing pretty hard at it. Cool, cool,
2: cuckoo. All right, that I think about wraps up the E3 talk, which means that we can now get to uh, what everyone is obviously looking forward to.
0: Um, oh my god, guys! Oh my god, guys! We just covered a current event. Are we journalists now? Are we game journalists? Game now?
2: journalists and influencers and all of the all of the like. Holy shit. I know, right, I know, man. It's, it's we're, we're moving on up
0: <laughs> moving on. <laughs> to the
2: east side.
0: east side, to
2: a deluxe apartment, apartment in the sky. In the sky. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week we played a game about a dragon, and it's called Dragon. What's it called? <laughs> a game about a dragon.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh. I, so I'm interested to get y'all's viewpoint on this. I'll save mine for last because, <laughs> just because. Um,
1: Was there any? I'm sure there's not obligatory Wikipedia. <laughs> uh,
2: so yeah, I'm I'm trying to get wrap my head around that. So yes, there is obligatory Wikipedia bullshit, but it's not Wikipedia because there is no Wikipedia entry for this game.
1: <laughs> right.
2: Um, sure isn't. There is a WordPress website for <laughs> it, which. I relate to because, I mean, you know, I got to use it. I use that, too. So, uh, but the information that I can find about it is, oh, no, Dragon's girlfriend has been kidnapped by the mean king. and It's up for you to help him save her. Fight your way through knights, soldiers and other authoritarian elements to save the day and make it home in time to catch Dragon's favorite trashy daytime TV show. Dragon, a game about a dragon, is designed to look and feel like a picture book. It's a picture book for grown-ups, though. Like, go the fuck to sleep or all my friends are dead. Mm. Every sprite in every stage has been lovingly drawn by hand and animated using traditional methods, and it provides a visual experience that can be hard to find in this day and age of digital animation. It is an RPG platformer modeled after classics such as Wonder Boy on the Sega system, Front Mission Gun Hazard on SNES, or Working Design's Popful Mail.
0: Oh my god, they thought they were making a Wonder Boy. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah,
2: Yeah, right? (laughs) Play the game the way you want to play it. Conquer it with skill alone, or take advantage of the RPG elements to help tip the odds in your favor. Learn new breath elements to fight your powerful enemies or just use them to give humans a hard time. You are a dragon, after all. Make your way through over 15 stages with treasure hidden across each one. Each treasure you collect makes dragon stronger and appear in his horde at his house. Uh, whether you hunt them to become powerful or just like decoration, there's fun for all players of motivation. And then it just talks about, you know, it came out in English, Japanese, and German. Um... There's a soundtrack composed by Zach Parrish. So yeah, it's 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 a tra it's a game about a dragon. Uh, yeah. Okay, so let's start with Nate. Nate, what did you what did you think about this game?
1: All right, so I guess we to be nice, we'll start with the positives of it. I thought it was really cute to look at, and I thought the music was also pretty good in the game. I thought a couple of the boss fights were pretty fun. Um, I do have a, a little bit of an issue saying it's kind of storybook drawings. Like, no, it's more like crown drawings by your kid when they're twelve years old. Uh, I, I appreciate the art style and I thought it was good, but at the same time, I don't think it's like what they're advertising. there quite. It is crown drawings. Let's be real about what it is. They're cute. Yeah, and good. I thought
0: name checking f- "Go the fuck to sleep" seemed really off because it wasn't an adult storybook. It was it was crayola fun, which yeah. was
1: cute. Yeah, it was cute. Um, and so those are my positives. I think it's cute and the music's pretty good and some of the boss fights were okay. But I really thought it suffered in... Because this is a platforming game and I thought it really suffered with level designs. I don't think that they were very well constructed. And there's just like very little like differentiations between what you do in each stage and just like the platforming itself just doesn't feel like it lands. It's not complete. And there's just some levels. And it's really bad with signposting. It's really hard to tell where you're supposed to go in some levels mm. and especially what you're supposed to do against some boss fights. One of my biggest issues, too, was, like, in platforming games, a big no-no is having blind falls in your levels. There are several times here where you do have to just kind of take a leap of faith and hope you're going to land where you want to. And to be to make that even out a little bit, you do have a float mechanic, but I, I don't really think that that makes up for it there. And the one big killer to me was the final boss of the game has undodgeable attacks which forced me to go back and grind for those RPG elements they talked about before because I don't think you can beat him if you're just straight up level 1 the whole way through because I didn't level up at all until the final boss and I couldn't get through the final boss without leveling up so I had to go through and grind levels in a platforming game to beat the final (laughs) boss because it had undodgeable attacks that was really frustrating to me. So I think that's kind of my review of the game itself. Is like it's cute. It does a couple good things, but overall, it just, just wasn't there for me. And one thing I will say too is I had like the Wikipedia. I know Wikipedia. Good grief! I have Steam pulled up right now, and I got an achievement for the game. The achievement was called Bubbles Over Shining Sea, which was for finishing the game with the regular ending. So apparently, there's multiple endings. Yikes! Oh, wow. uh, but <laughs> The amount of players that achieved that achievement, 6.1%. So that means out of everybody that bought this game, only 6% of the people that bought this game beat it. Yeah. And it's a three-hour game. A three-hour game.
0: Hour game.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I, I think that's a problem right there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Problem is a pretty good word to describe this game because, man, the things it does right, the things it focused in on, it did with aplomb. I think the art style, that Crayola drawing everywhere, was really cute and charming and fun, and it's the reason that I was originally attracted to this game. When you showed us a list of all these games and I popped up, I like, thought the name was cute, I looked at some like video of it on Steam, and I'm like, I want to play this game because I-, I love what it's doing stylistically. Um, it it looks really pretty Um, the writing I thought was really amusing too like it has these little cutscenes. scenes I guess that's what they're going for when they're talking about the storybook and it's kind of just leaning on like the irony and goofiness you know you're the hero but you're really just trying to go home and watch daytime soaps and rescue your girlfriend and that's about all you care about and like even the villains were kind of like goofy, funny, for the most part, types, and I, I really enjoyed those parts. I like the cutscenes. I like the parts where I wasn't playing the game. <laughs> because, um, unfortunately, uh, when you're playing the game, uh, that's that's when it starts to fall apart. Um, the platforming is acceptable. Uh, this is a complaint we had about Hercules as well, but Hercules came out in 1997. This game doesn't let you map your controls over to the D-pad. You have to use the stick if you're using an Xbox One controller, which, uh, I don't know, I feel like we've answered this problem in gaming by now. (laughs) We have standards for controllers in computer games now. There is no reason that this should be like that. And even with the controller in, uh, a lot of the time, uh, when you're like the tutorial pop-up or whatever it shows the keyboard thing first even when you have a controller plugged in i couldn't figure out how to upgrade my levels until people in chat told me hey hit the back button on your xbox controller uh, to buy levels which is a button that's not used anywhere else in the game as far as i know
2: if it uh and if it makes you feel better uh, to the point when i gave up on this game uh i still couldn't figure out how to level up
0: <laughs> yeah the only reason i did well in this game relative to everyone else, is because I streamed it on Twitch, which, that ruins my streak, I'm so sorry, but I streamed <laughs> it on Twitch, I had uh, I had Blackspeed, Blitzy, Nate, uh, Dalton, and a couple other people in there watching and hanging out, and uh, that, because I had more eyes on the game, that helped with the signposting problems. Because, my god, it is just really hard to figure out what the game wants you to do sometimes, and I think that's where the art style becomes a detriment. Because clearly they wanted to draw these cool crayon drawings. And I'm with them. That's like, again, that's what drew me to the game. It's it's cool looking. But uh, it just... made it to where like you can't exactly tell what the game wants you to do sometimes like uh boss fights where you specifically have to use a certain attack they'll have a little pop up over the character's head with like a lightning bolt or whatever you're like okay i have to use lightning breath on this but then like once they're like when are they vulnerable to a claw attack so you can actually do damage i had to wait until chat told me oh you have to wait until they're breathing hard and so i hit him when he was breathing hard and they're like no wait when he's bent over and breathing hard not when he's standing up and breathing hard it's like oh (laughs) yeah like i feel like this is a game that once you've learned how to play it you could probably speed run it and it wouldn't be that much of a problem but learning it felt arbitrary and bad and the game didn't have a consistent language for teaching you things and um i I think i probably said this on the stream this this is how i feel about this game like conceptually everything in the design the art and all that is cool like the 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 non-gameplay style of this game is brilliant The gameplay part feels like a game that was on Congregate.com, a flash game portal, and it was rated 3.2 out of 5.
2: Yeah, fair. It's
0: playable, it works, but it is not impressive as a platforming game, and it really infuriates me that you can't do any attacks unless you're standing still. You can't attack while you're jumping, you can't attack while you're gliding, you can't even really attack while you're walking. You have to be standing still to do things. And that just feels bad compared to, you know, the classic platformers like Mario, where you can shoot your fireballs while you're moving. Or like, you know, most platforming games with like a weapon, you can swing your weapon while jumping and it feels good. And playing this game didn't feel good. The actual in-game feedback was just bad and it didn't live up to the honestly beautiful style it has. Like, I really love this goofy crayon drawing world. Like, it's a fun world. But man... I just wish the gameplay had been there too. It it feels very much like a game jam game where they were learning to make a game and they put it out before it was done because the deadline was hit.
2: Yeah. So the way that I'm the way that I look at it. So full disclosure, uh, first time I played this, I played it for like two hours. I beat I don't know nine levels or so. Uh, got stuck, quit. Um, came back to it last night. Uh, loaded it up beat two levels, uh, got stuck on this one level that like seemed absolutely impossible, and quit again. And I said, fuck this game, right? So that, that's my first uh, disc- disclaimer. Um, but from what I did play, this game seems like the dude... Because this was, this was made by one guy other than the music and the sound. Uh, all of the animation, all of that was done by one dude. It seems to me like he conceptualized the art idea got charmed by it and wanted to create a game where he could do that and the gameplay came second
0: or not at all like or yeah <laughs> or
2: third fourth fifth whatever you know yeah so like that was an afterthought he like he wanted to make the game look a certain way and then worry about all right well then how are we going to implement this what kind of game is this going to be because this could have easily j- have been like an in like a runner, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man,
0: that, this style would have worked great for an endless runner. Holy shit! If it was cannibal but hand drawn, that I would love that. I would be singing the praises right now. You sh- you should have been there. Just tell this guy make a fucking endless <laughs> runner. It would be great.
2: And I mean, well, I, I, almost, like I know, I know, me and Nate both like talked about this uh, in in our chat that we have. It, it is so easy to just run and. F- glide over enemies that you can go across multiple levels without having to kill anybody
0: which is also to the detriment of the gameplay balance because again in the boss fights you actually need the upgrades which you can only really get by killing enemies
2: yep. it's fucking weird man it's a weird game uh, I give it like oh a 3 out of 10 dragon breaths maybe maybe yeah maybe it's a three not and a half.
1: 100 oh sorry Go for? Would you say? I
2: was just saying maybe maybe three and a half, like three to three and a half somewhere around in there.
1: No, I was actually coming into this episode thinking about it and like you know I was thinking about giving it a four, but after getting I think it's more thought after talking about, it, I realized I don't like it as much to give it a four, so it's a three for me.
0: I can't believe I'm bringing things back to Doom, but I've mentioned before that my least favorite Doom level is Limbo e three m and e three m seven. And even though the level is a beautiful level that I really think looks like hell more than anything else in Doom, the gameplay is a bunch of weird teleport traps that's not fun to play. And I respect that it's not everyone's least favorite level because it looks good. And this game also looks really good. I love the aesthetic. I'm going to go ahead and give this one a 5 because I appreciate what it's trying to do. It just failed at every part that involved actual video gaming.
2: Fair. Fair point. Fair point. Um which then brings us to oh uh, oh we don't have to run anything this week there is there's there's, there's uh, nothing to there's nothing to look at uh next week Christine gets to chill yeah next week oh, yeah. is uh more dragon quest
1: 11 hope you guys been moving forward
0: on that <laughs> i'm at 45 hours now i was going to check in with you guys see how we are all doing uh, I, I,
1: I'm, I would have to check epic it? I have gotten to 51 hours, but I think you're still further in the game than me because I've spent way too much time at the casino.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I, I really appreciate your casino tips, though, because like without that, there is a section where you actually mandatorily have to do a casino, and uh, without you telling me how the slots thing works, I probably would have goofed it up some. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, I'm a. i am I need to dive more back into that. I did put a good amount of time into uh, Final Fantasy 14 this week. <laughs> but I was really pushing to get my palette into level 70. And now that I got it there, uh, I can relax a little bit. So, um,
0: yeah. we some level 70 paladin. Yes, thank you,
2: thank you. Um, I'll be diving into a, a lot of Dragon Quest this week and getting in there. And um, so, go ahead and cover this. Um, I believe it's not next weekend, but the weekend after that, I will probably be uh, recording a chat with James um, for about, just about his thoughts and stuff on 11. And I'll probably edit that into our final, uh, dragon quest 11 episode. Uh, just because like, I don't want to bug you guys super early in the day. And then like me and him usually record around like one or two in the afternoon because, you know, he usually has family stuff to do at night. Um, so you guys don't have to worry about having to do a big boy, like podcast with like four or five people or anything like that yet. Not yet. Sure, sure. We, we pull, like, Final Fantasy VI or something. Everyone and their mom's going to want to come on, and we'll have to fil- filter it out some, but...
1: Uh, dude, I'm going to say this much. I need a JRPG
0: break after Dragon Quest XI, though. Oh,
2: brother, brother, me too. <laughs> me too. I mean,
0: not only is it a great game and a huge game, but there's just... I know I'm going to be burnt. Like, there's no way I'm going to finish this game and go, like, okay, now i got to get back into Xenoblade. Right. Yeah,
2: and I, I'm coming from Tales of Berseria straight into Dragon yeah. Quest like I'm looking well, forward to maybe uh, Blair Witch or Yakuza or something that's more right. action
1: based because I've been concurrently playing 11 and 3 Oh yeah. yeah, that's a lot that's a lot of JRPG yeah man
0: <laughs> I said I was 45 minutes into or 45 hours into the game and I feel like if this was a Playstation 1 RPG I would be at about the middle of disc 2 yeah like this <laughs> game is a long boy yeah. yeah, I will say I think it's a three disc game. Yeah, I mean out of three discs, like Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, that, that was actually what I meant.
2: Yeah, for sure. Or you, or you know, it could be like uh, Final Fantasy VIII, where disc four is just like all of the very final end stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, man. Um. Nate, go ahead and plug your Twitch and stuff, good sir.
1: Yeah, man. You can find me on. As I said, I've been playing Dragon Quest Three. Actually, played some Donkey Kong ninety four today on stream you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv turtlebearman. And that's the same handle I use on Twitter as well. So, you know, come follow me. Hang out. Be
0: cool.
2: All right. And Ice, now you, sir.
0: If you go to a beach and whisper into a seashell, a voice will call you a dumbass. That's me. I'm the voice. But if you wanted to follow me on Twitch or Twitter, uh, I'm Icebrand Studios on both, no underscore. And uh, I actually did stream once this week playing the game of the week and also a little bit of Mario 2, just because that is the Tyler and Dave Play Old Games game of the month. So it was fun. Uh, come check it out. You might actually get to see me play games. Hooray!
2: Yeah, yeah, man. And as always with me, you know, you can go to the Steam Machine Podcast. WordPress.com and find. Everything to do with the show, you can find merch, you can find the Patreon link, um, if you want to help support the show, which would be great, because, uh, I still can't currently find work, so, that's been rough, but it is what it is, so I appreciate every single one of you that donated to the Patreon, um, and you can also find the link to Spotify, iTunes, if you would, I would mean a fuckload if you would go on iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review, um, that helps, that helps tremendously, uh, so, Please, uh, if you have the time and you think about it, go do that for me. um What else? Oh, I j- I released a new album recently, Okami no Kage. Um, if you're interested, if you like the music in the beginning of the episodes that you hear every now and then, or you know the song you hear every week, I made it. I make other music like that. Uh, Nile the Nightmare on Bandcamp. Um, there's a link to it on the the show page though.
0: Um, I highly recommend the tracks uh, Psycho Manus 2, Gray Fox, and Carry On My Wayward Cross. Both of them are lengthy ones, but the bop just keeps on going. <laughs> the yeah. bop that just won't stop. Damn, I should have said that. <laughs> nice. Right, <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, I, think, I think that about does it. So, for this week, uh, they are Nate and Willie. I'm Dalton, and as always, guys, take it easy.